Good evening, everyone. There we go. Good evening, everyone. I would encourage you to stand and heed the call to, O come, O come, all ye faithful. Let's be the faithful, joyful, and triumphant.
So uh, you're going to need to make sure you got you get one. You can do that at any of the doors at the welcome tables. Uh, just to give you a sense of what you can experience tonight, we'll be here for about an hour. Uh, we'll sing some choruses, some Christmas carols. We'll read some scripture. I'll share a devotional thought on the life that Jesus offers, and we'll do our candle lighting service. Right now, I'm going to invite the Espositos to come and light the Christmas, uh, the Christ candle of the Advent wreath. Good evening and Merry Christmas. From the beginning of time, God has been writing a story of redemption, and tonight we find ourselves leaning in close to the unfolding of a glorious new chapter. Angels shouted with joy as the pages of time were eternally turned. A child was born. A child embraced by his mother would one day open his arms to rescue the world. And into that weary world and our longing hearts came the light of life. Tonight we light the Christ candle. Good evening. The Gospel of John, first chapter, reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let us pray. Lord, we have come seeking you. Thank you for the hope and peace and joy and love that you offer us. May the very life that we find in you overflow from us into all the world. Amen. I would encourage you to stand as we continue in worship.
Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Amen. We're going to continue with service, but take a moment and greet somebody today and say Merry Christmas to someone you haven't seen in a while. Sorry, I was overly talkative. Just a, just, a brief, uh, just a quick announcement, and then we'll move on with the service. But I want to invite you this Sunday to come back for us. If you haven't been with us recently, for the last few months, we've been talking about what God offers to us. And um, so we've looked at a number of different ways that God offers love, offers peace, offers hope, offers joy. And the final kind of piece of that puzzle, the thing we haven't really talked about yet, is the miraculous. God offers the miraculous. And so this Sunday, I'm going to step out on a limb a little bit, and we're going to invite you, if there's something in your life that uh, you've struggled with or that has been big, uh, you haven't seen as an answer to prayer, or maybe even you haven't believed that... God could even work in that area. We're going to take a few minutes uh, this coming Sunday, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God that God can do things. 
Uh, God can do the miraculous. And so uh, this idea came to me as I was praying sometime back in October. And uh, so we're going to carve out some time on New Year's Eve to believe that God's going to usher in the new year for some people in a whole new way. And so maybe that's you. Um, so we invite you to be here this Sunday. Um, we'll close the service a little differently. Usually on, on, on Sunday mornings, we close the service with communion. We'll do that a little earlier in our service. This coming Sunday, we will close our service by praying here at the altar and asking God to do a miracle. And so if you're in need of a miracle, this Sunday might just be for you. Um, I also want to take, uh, take a minute and thank you for the, for the gift of allowing me to be your pastor. Uh, it's a tremendous honor to be part of FDC, the FTC community, and I'm so proud of the, to be part of this church. If you're new with us, our core values here at FTC are that we would be a place where people are welcomed and cared for. I hope that's been your experience tonight. That we would be a place that prioritizes the next generation and a place where missions and, minds, and outreach are our mindset. Now, to be clear, this is the part of the service where we thank people for their generosity and their giving. And we present the ways it's possible to give in our church. But if you're visiting with us today, uh, if you're new with us, please don't feel pressured to give. You are our guest, and we are happy that you're here to celebrate with us on Christmas Eve. There's a reputation that churches are after your money. We are way more interested in seeing you than your money. And so if you're visiting with us, please, just we just want to say thank you. You are our guest, and it is a pleasure to serve you. Because of the generosity of people here at FDC, we are making a measurable difference in our in people's lives. And locally, uh, we make a difference in our community. This year, the food pantry served over 1,500 family packs of groceries. The vault, which is a, a local outreach to teenagers that we have at a storefront down in downtown Washington, saw hundreds of teens visited. Our buildings, the, this building and the one at the other end of the parking lot, host several community outreach organizations each week, uh, such as AA and Al-Anon and homeschoolers. And, uh, we even have a local clogger organization uh, use our facility. And on a global scale, FDC supports uh, and partners with over 30 missionaries and organizations around the world. And all of this happens because of our, the generosity of the people who are part of our family. Thank you, FTC, for making this a place where people can expect to find hope and love. Again, if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. We hope you you enjoy the service. And if you're part of the FD, but if you're part of the FTC family and you came prepared to your, give your Christmas offering tonight, you can do that in the boxes at the back of the room or online. There are several ways that people could do that. Would you stand with me and join us as our worship team leads us in another song?
this evening, Jesus, I thank you so much for how much you love us. And we remember tonight the angels appearing over the fields and declaring your arrival. We think of Gabriel and the interaction with Mary and the interaction with Joseph declaring your arrival. God, I am so happy that 2,000 years later we can still declare your arrival because you are here. You've promised us your presence. And so God, tonight, with all of the hubbub of Christmas, the greatness of Christmas, the celebration that for some families will happen tonight, later on, and for others will happen tomorrow morning, and the joy of watching children open gifts and getting things uh, they didn't know they wanted. Um, Jesus, before we even knew we needed you, you came and gave us a gift we didn't even know we wanted. Help us to honor that and to honor you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, check out this video. This is me confessing. This is me admitting. This is me trying to turn around. Trying to turn around the thing that happens every year. Because this is this is where Christmas begins. Dear Christmas. I chose that video because I think I find it very relatable. I think I, I'm not so sure all of us feel that way every year, 
But I'm guessing that most of us have felt that way some years at this time of year. Those characters have decided that they're, they're going to look for something different. That's been our theme through Advent this season. We've been identifying the differences in what Jesus offers us. Each Sunday we've looked at that week's Advent theme, hope, peace, joy, and love, to explore what's different about the way Jesus offers that. And so for a few moments tonight, before we turn off the lights and light our candles, and for what is absolutely my favorite holiday tradition, before we sing Silent Night, before I probably get emotional, and before the 2023 Advent season comes to a close, I want to explore what's different about the life that Jesus offers. John 10, 7 through 11 reads, Therefore Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are, uh, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, for, I, for they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The metaphor of a shepherd and his sheep is deeply rooted in the biblical tradition particularly in passages like Psalm 23, where God is portrayed as the shepherd guiding and caring for his flock. The imagery of God as a shepherd underscores the intimate and personal relationship between the creator and his creation. It conveys the idea that God knows his people collectively and individually, leading all of us with gentleness and safeguarding us from harm. This enduring biblical theme serves as a source of comfort and assurance to those of us who found our hope in Jesus, emphasizing the trustworthiness of God's guidance and the depth of his love as he is a caring and vigilant shepherd. And so in John 10.10, I mean in John 10, this has happened. This passage in John 10 follows the experience of Jesus healing a man who had been born blind. After he heals that man, he presents himself as as shepherds. And he's explaining to the Pharisees that the only way to experience the deepest authenticity in life is through him. In fact, he offers himself as the alternate shepherd, the good shepherd, and says that he is the way to find life. And so tonight I offer four ways that Jesus offers us life and life to the full. First, Jesus prioritizes us. He is our shepherd, and as the good shepherd, he puts us before himself. Jesus' sacrificial love shows the depth of which he will prioritize us. By laying down his own life, he proved the profound extent to which he will go to ensure the safety of his flock. This sacrificial act is is not only a historical act in the crucifixion, but it's a continuous, timeless expression of divine love. In times of spiritual peril or worldly challenges, we can find hope 
in the understanding that Jesus, as the good shepherd, is there to protect, comfort, and guide us as his sheep. Matthew 18, uh, 12 through 14, we're not going to read it, but it, it's another a parable. It's a, it's a story where Jesus presents himself as a shepherd, and he says he would leave the 99 safe sheep to find one sheep that had been lost. The parable of the lost sheep illustrates that immense value Jesus places on each one of us, emphasizing his commitment to seeking and saving the lost That chapter concludes with Jesus affirming that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there and present among them. The fact that we can be assured that Jesus is present amongst us again points to how he prioritizes the intimate and communal aspects of relationships. He prioritizes our relationship with God, he prioritizes our relationship with each other. Relationships, intimate and communal, are a huge part of how we can highlight the significance of, of those, for those of us who call him Lord. And so he prioritizes us, but he also protects us. Jesus protects us from the works of the thief. We read in that... John, when you get to verse 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But as the good shepherd, Jesus protects us by leading and guiding his sheep. Earlier in chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the one who knows his sheep and is known by them. The intimate knowledge of a personal relationship between the shepherd and each individual in the flock is a hallmark of his protecting presence. Through scripture, prayer, and spiritual discernment, we who put our hope in Jesus experience the guidance of Jesus as a shepherd. It helps us navigate the complexities of life. A good shepherd I've learned as I've read about really particularly books on Psalm 23. I've learned will protect not only uh, his sheep for not only from external threats but internal ones as well, and will we'll carefully choose the paths on which he leads his sheep to protect them even as they're under his care. Our good shepherd leads us on paths of righteousness and spiritual fulfillment, ensuring that we will dwell safely under his watchful care. Now, some of you are parents, and so you have an idea of raising children and being and carefully monitoring them. And we do we go to great lengths to make sure our children are safe. Those of us who are becoming a little bit more seasoned in life look back on when we were growing up, and we marvel that our parents just let us go. Don't come home till it's dark. That's crazy. But we, we, we take some, what were child seats when we were kids? Seatbelt, seatbelts. For those of you under 25, I need to tell you that when I was your age, seatbelts were a punishment because you were being bad in the car. Not that I was ever being bad in the car. 
We go to great lengths to ensure we take care of our children and keep them safe. We do everything possible to do that. Joy, this morning in her message, talked about how uh, when she thinks of how God sacrificed his son as a, as a mom, as a parent, that is mind-boggling to her because the security of our kids are the paramount thing in her life. Several years ago, we lived in a, we were moving into a new house and um, our oldest was, I don't know, 18 months, almost two years old. And we were, it was the day we were moving in, so there was a lot of people around and we were moving furniture and some of you may have heard this story, but uh, there was a lot of people and my, uh, Joy and I were busy coordinating where the furniture was going and the people of the church that we went to were very helpful and so there's people in and out, we're unloading the tr- truck and my mother, uh, in her generosity of spirit, offers to take our son upstairs to his new room to change his diaper. Any, when we had kids who had diapers, those of you who have kids in diapers, I am so sorry that that's your experience. And so when we had kids in diapers, if anybody is willing to change that child's diaper for us, I'm signing up. That's a great way to say That's great. I don't have to do that. And so... Uh, my parents didn't live necessarily around us, and so she didn't know how adept James had become at running. And so she took him up the stairs, and she changed him, and she put him on the floor and went to clean up, and off he got. And we hadn't put the gate at the top of the stairs yet. And I was sitting at the bottom of the stairs, because it was near the end of the day, and I was sitting in a rocker recliner. It was kind of leaned back, and I watched him hit the top step and start to cartwheel down the stairs, like full on. And I, not fast enough, like hit the chair and dove for the bottom of the stairs to try to catch him. Because as a parent, we'll do anything we can do to save our kids. And I'm watching him go down, come down the stairs like cartwheels, like full on. And I'm trying to save him. And his head hits the floor and his body starts to settle and I catch his body. Too late. He hit the floor. He was okay. Uh, freaked my mother out. She's over there right now. She doesn't like this story. Now that James is okay, I love this story. My mother screamed. Joy was in another end of the house. She screamed. Did, she didn't even see it. Because we have this innate desire for our children to be safe and it's up to us to create this safe environment that's the way that our father in heaven looks at us but he's never late he catches us jesus came to save us Jesus is speaking about saving his sheep from various threats and dangers. One of the primary perils highlighted in the threat posed by is the threat posed by false shepherds or thieves who come to steal, kill, and destroy. These false shepherds represent those who would lead us astray. 
or promote destructive ideologies or exploit their sheep for personal gain. Jesus saves us from the deceptive influences that could harm our spiritual well-being and often lead us astray from the path of righteousness. You don't have to go too far to hear the news of a any one particular religious organization which has had people make poor choices and abused people. Whether that abuse took place spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. If you've experienced that mistreatment in your past and it's caused you to have a hesitancy towards the church, first let me say, I'm sorry. Second, let me tell you, that wasn't Jesus. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. It is his desire to protect you. There are times where we have failed our king. And if you've experienced that, I'm sorry. Additionally, Jesus saves us from spiritual death and from separation from God. He promises us eternal life to those who follow him emphasizing that we will never perish and that no one can take us from his hand. Salvation, the acceptance of Jesus and the eternal saving that we get, eternal life, extends beyond the physical realm and it encompasses the eternal destiny of all of us who believe in Jesus. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus provided a way for his sheep to be reconciled with God, sparing us the consequences of our poor choices and giving us eternal life. Each of us has been created to be in intimate relationship with our creator. And there is nothing in the world that can satisfy that need, that desire, that longing for purpose and contentment outside of the intimacy of that relationship. And so he prioritizes us, he protects us, he provides for us. Jesus offers life and life to the full. In that passage, Jesus says that his sheep are taken to a pasture. They come in, they go out, and they can go into a pasture. It's a place of peace, a place of provision. The promise of life abundant in meaning and purpose and eternal significance. Through his teachings and through his parables, Jesus conveyed a vision of existence that transcended the mundane or the material. The promise of a life in Christ is one that extends beyond the confines of temporal concerns. Jesus invites us to experience a deep sense of life. Well, what does that mean to experience a deep sense of life? Well, it's a sense of fulfillment. It's a sense of joy. It's a sense of peace. It's a life that's characterized by the transformative relationship, by a transformative relationship with God. And it's marked by love and forgiveness and a pursuit of righteousness. Jesus assures us, us, his sheep, that when we choose to follow him, 
He works in us, and we begin to reflect his character in the world. And when that happens, we find a purpose that goes beyond personal desires or worldly ambitions. We establish and draw upon this profound connection with God and and us and God and our soul. And we actually begin to play a role in the lasting impact that Jesus wants to have on the world around us. See, Jesus doesn't want to just have a relationship with you. He doesn't want to just work in us. He wants to work through us so that we can share this experience with others who've never had it. Finally tonight are Jesus' promises. Jesus promises us that we will be with him forever. His promise of eternal life is the culmination of a faith of one's faith journey. This assurance enhances the earthly experience. It, it allows us to live beyond our earthly life and to share in the victory over death that we share with Christ. In proclaiming himself the way, the truth, and the life, we are assured of a future beyond the constraints of mortality. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've heard John 3.16. Maybe you've heard about the promise of eternal life. I hope you have. I hope you've accepted it and chosen to receive it. But, this, but tonight, I almost said this morning again. But tonight I want to I let you know that the promises of Jesus are not, for, not only for our afterlife. The promises of Jesus don't start when we pass away. In this world, you will have trouble. You will. It would be wonderful to stand up here and say, when you come to Jesus and you give your heart to Jesus, there's no more problems in the world. That would be a lie. Or it would mean I haven't experienced Jesus. Because sometimes my life isn't easy. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Life is not easy. Our society and culture are being devastated by the effects of things like anxiety. By the effects of our desire to control everything by the effects of or the pain of rising prices in our world or the struggle to know exactly what to believe or to the to fulfill the the god-given purpose that we know we have we just can't figure it out the list could go on and on of the things that we struggle with we all sense this pressure And there are times where it feels like our head or our mind or our soul are trapped in a vice and someone's turning and that vice is getting tighter and tighter and it's constantly increasing the pressure. But for those of us who've put our faith in Jesus, we face all of those things and more with the promise of his presence. Jesus promises his presence.
the Holy Spirit is with us. And with his presence comes hope and comfort in the face of life's challenges. Jesus did not promise you a world without problems. He offers you his presence so that when, so that you are able to face your world's problems with the knowledge that you can have victory over them. Because Jesus has already overcome them and shares that victory with you. For some of you, this season of life has been very dark. The presence of Jesus invades the dark night of the soul. We're going to light candles in just a second. The presence of Jesus, when we invades the darkness, like that candle is going to invade. We're going to turn all the lights off in just a second. It's going to be pretty dark in here. Tree's going to be lit. There'll be some candles lit. But the lights will be off. And it'll get dark and... We're going to light some candles and it'll begin to spread and the room will become more illuminated. But when it's truly dark, one candle really starts to light that area. The presence of Jesus in the middle of the darkness illuminates in your soul. St. John of the Cross was a 16th century priest he wrote this poem, you may have heard of it, The Dark Night of the Soul. Part of the, I'm not going to read the whole poem, but part of the poem, he's talking about his, in the middle of the depths of his pain, the time he gets to spend with Jesus, and he put it this way. I remained lost in oblivion. My face reclined on the beloved. All ceased, and I, I abandoned myself leaving my cares forgotten among the lilies. Tonight, Jesus is inviting you to leave your cares among the lilies and recline in his presence. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you prioritize us that you protect us, that you provide for us, and that you've promised us your presence. I pray tonight that we would not gloss over the incredible importance of your presence. That tonight and tomorrow, and as we go through this next couple of days, and Celebrate with family, friends, loved ones. That we would not be blind or unaware of your presence with us through all of it. And for those tonight going through the absolute darkest moments, seasons of their life. Jesus, I pray that your light would shine in their hearts. And that they would know in the midst of all the chaos and all the midst of all the things they don't know that you are there with them. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand and we're going to start
the band is going to play Silent Night and we're going to start to pass the candle and we'll have some people do it in the front, but it's really just an exercise in passing it together. So we're as a community, we'll share the candle as it goes. So I'm going to invite uh, my candle lighters and we'll uh, go from there. When you, just a note, the candle that has the flame should stay upright. The one that doesn't have the flame is the one that you tip.
side your candle please blow it out and as they start to turn the lights on remain standing we're going to sing joy to the world in just a second but would you pray with me tonight truly you came to provide a way Jesus, I thank you tonight that you provide hope, that you provide peace, that you provide joy, you provide love. God, if there's people, Lord, for people here tonight who are struggling, to, to, who are hopeless, I pray that they would find hope in you. For those in the midst of chaos who just can't find peace and anxiety is crushing them in the vice. I pray that you would take all of the pressure and bring peace. For those who are struggling to find joy, maybe they've experienced loss. Maybe they uh, don't know where their next meal is coming from. Maybe they've experienced financial hurt or emotional trauma. Maybe it's even hard to believe that joy is possible for them. God, I pray that you would miraculously bring joy. And for those struggling to feel like they're loved, God, help us to show your love to the people in our circle who don't know that they're loved. Jesus, be honored by us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Right. 
righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love may you be filled with the wonder of mary the obedience of joseph the joy of the angels the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, the wisdom of Simeon, and the peace of Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful day tomorrow. Thank you so much. Worship team. <laughs> the tree. Uh,